Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Podcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Welcome to all the SICHL GMs and, of course, anyone else that is tuning in. The SICHL.com is a great place to get that hockey fix when you, that you've been missing. We have a busy show for you today. I'll be interviewing Mike Franceschini, GM of the Edmonton Supersonics and Deputy Commissioner, to talk about the release of the new site as well as some of the summit talk. Later in overtime, Gary Graves, GM of the Boston Colonials, and I will talk about some of the best moves teams have made to improve their franchise this year. But let's get started with Mike Franceschini. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Mike Franceschini, GM of the Edmonton Supersonics and also the Deputy Commissioner of the Supreme Intercontinental Hockey League to the Supreme Intercontinental Hockey Podcast. Welcome, Mike. How are you? <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show. You know, uh, there's some pretty, as of recording this now, there was some pretty fantastic uh, news and uh, and updates in our league this morning, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, right now, I want to ask you, how long have you been a part of the SICHL? Uh, I am one of the uh, OG guys, OG um Original six teams. I joined, uh, I keep forgetting what year it was now. I want to say 90, 97, 98, somewhere around there. Um, I, uh, I joined the SSHL kind of under similar circumstances as to what Mark was talking about. Uh, I had joined a SSH, or sorry, I had joined a Sim League uh, in the summer. Uh, Sheetal actually got me into it. And uh, we did a drive. It was supposed to be an NHL 97 Sim League, I think. And um, we did the draft. And I put in all this work in drafting a team. And we went through the draft. And never a game was simmed. And I got really frustrated. And um, one of the other GMs in that league, a guy named Martin Levesque, uh, uh, we were bitching about the, the, the thing not going. And he told me that he had just gotten into this other league. And I should apply, and so I did, and uh, that was the SSHL, and I dragged Cheetah along with me, and now it's 22 years later. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I've seen actually when I was looking back in the draft, it ju- I just see the draft go back to the year 2000. Um, so this was actually before 2000, or well, was, it- was that the first one? I already forget. Like it's just you know, eventually all the years start bleeding together. But uh, okay, so it was around two thousand then. Okay, but but you came in from uh, from another lo- uh, sim league that just didn't go, and this one sure went. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> we're looking one. at it today, and it's and it's become what it is today. It's just absolutely incredible. Uh, when did you actually become the deputy commissioner? Um, I want to say it was. Sometime during the first year, um, we had a, uh, a kind of a plain, plain Jane website, and I was just kind of starting my ID, uh, my IT career, and I was designing a lot of websites at the time, and I would just want to design anything that I could and improve on anything that I could find, and this seemed like a, like something that I could do, so I, um, 
I think what I did was I actually like made a new version of the site and I showed it to Mark and he liked it. So we adopted it as the main design. And then like a couple weeks later, he's like, you know, Hey, you know, we're just kind of starting this league and we've got some ideas for rules and stuff like that. And we'd like you to weigh in or I'd like you to weigh in on them. So um, the conversations became me, Mark and Kirk. And I think eventually Martin ended up as part of like our, board of governors at the time and then pretty much from there i just kind of took over all of the website stuff and um eventually i think i named myself deputy commissioner to be totally honest with you <laughs> it's it seemed right it seemed right <laughs> well i mean the with the, just with the website itself is just a huge undertaking as deputy commissioner do you have any specific duties with the league are they are they laid out anywhere like what this is specifically for you like for you to do this is specifically for mark or anything for you specifically uh we're not that kind of operation ian um <laughs> we uh <laughs> uh it, it, it it's pretty loosely defined but um i think after 20 years mark and i kind of know our respective roles um predominantly i occupy myself with the things surrounding the game so like i don't i don't do the day-to-day stuff i have never simmed a game in 22 years or whatever sean gallagher has simmed more games for the sshl than i have Mm -hmm. and um uh, i just kind of deal with all of the stuff surrounding it so i like to make sure that the presentation is good and uh kind of looks like a real site and you know, helps with the immersion aspect of it. And uh, that's mostly it. So, I mean, like the website's obviously a big part of that. But, um, I mean, more recently, I've, I, I, did the, uh, I did the expansion draft uh, video. That was a brand new thing. I kind of taught myself how to do that in a couple of days and uh, some sleepless nights, but I figured it out. And, um, you know, sometimes we get together as a group and I, I organized that one. And, uh, yeah, basically, I also kind of make sure that Mark is uh, not getting too uh, drunk with power. <laughs> kind of kind of like a sanity check. And uh, we bounce, he bounces ideas off of me. And uh, I, he knows that any, anything he's going to hear from me has been pretty well considered. So not just off the cuff. And I'm not, I'm not just looking out for my own team. So That's great. Well, that brings me up to my next question. You you answered part of there. I was going to ask, what are some of the things you and Mark discuss uh, that you have discussed over the 20 years as your guide in the league? Uh, But also, on top of that, are there any rule changes that you guys have discussed uh, going forward for this year or for next year, I guess it would be, because they really wouldn't take effect till 21? Yeah, we we generally don't like to do um, uh, massive rule changes. with less than a year in advance because of uh, for planning purposes but um uh like you know simply put our goal is to make the league as realistic as possible so um you know the the game is that we're trying to simulate the nhl as much as possible and the experience of being an nhl gm um with all of the like hurdles that that in that that uh um entails uh which you know textbook definition would mean that we should have the exact same rules and the exact same CBA as the NHL, but um, because it's a sim league, it's not always that straightforward. Um, you know, like when the, when the uh, NHL instituted a salary cap, which happened after this league started, 
um, a lot of people assumed that we were going to adopt one too because we had pretty much the same rules for the most part around like free agency and things like that. But um, we decided that we were not going to have a salary cap and that we're never going to have a salary cap because the uh, the market forces that a salary cap is trying to solve, like just they're, they're don't not, exist. they don't yeah. exist in, in this league because right. like all, I mean, your team's from Banff <laughs> and, and <laughs> you've got 20,000 people in Banff coming to you. Whitehorse, the small market teams <laughs> of the SACHL, that's right. <laughs> it, it, exactly. So like, you know, that doesn't really matter. And, it, and if we had a salary cap in our league, the way that teams can make money in this league, money would just become irrelevant at some point, right? right? Like it would, yep. uh, um, it, it just, everybody would have, would be able to spend to the cap and there would be no real restrictions. So, uh, we made a conscious decision to kind of avoid that. And, um, I, I think it works out well because like our money can carry over from year after year, unlike the NHL where it's like your, uh, your, uh, income and expenses are all in one year. Like we, we can save money over a couple of years. So how we mm-hmm. do that. Um, we also have to factor in like quirks of the sim, right? Like, uh, I think I want to say that the old FHL sim did a little bit of a better job of penalizing um, teams that were underperforming, where uh, like fans wouldn't show up. But I think as Pat uncovered a couple of uh, years ago that the the fans in the SSHL are an illogically loyal bunch. And uh, greatest fans in the world. <laughs> the greatest fans in the world. If season tickets are presented to the Silver Mountain Lookout after the <laughs> after the monstrosity that I've put together in the last while. So <laughs> Yeah, and if you're like they a season ticket holder uh, gouging them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if you're a season ticket holder and you decide to uh the owner decides to uh increase his uh his ticket price by eight hundred percent. <laughs> for a game in the middle of the season, the season ticker holders are like, well, I guess I got to pay it. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 see, it seems like something is broken in the sim, but like we've had to come up with like some weird rules to, to get around that. Like we didn't really like to have a maximum ticket price, but we had to put it in because it was just kind of the only way to solve that that right. that sim uh, thing we've got a bunch of harold ballards in this league that are just going to try to <laughs> try, try to like break the rule book whenever they can so <laughs> so uh, you know we did we, we're doing stuff like that um i think uh as for rules that are upcoming i think that uh every like mark announced earlier in the season that we're going to have a hard salary floor next season yeah and um that's kind of a Again, it's like it's kind of like an artificial thing. I think in the NHL, you'd have to actually spend that on players. Right. But we're we're saying that you have to, uh, like, you're going to be penalized that if you don't actually, if you don't get up to it. Like, you're going right. to spend right. a minimum of, I think, what is it, 50, 55 million, I think. Yep. And um, yeah. whatever it is, 50, 55 million, yep. you have to spend at least that much. And um, that's just kind of like a. <laughs> a, a way of making sure that kind of we are not breaking things that we can't really fix in the sim uh, using settings or anything like that. Um, Banff to be. Sorry. Banff clause to be. <laughs> yes, Banff clause to be. Yeah, and you know, it's, it, it was good hearing that like you weren't violently opposed to this idea because no, everyone is going to be affected. But yeah, I mean, like well, if there's a rule that you can ex- um, yeah. uh, take advantage of, you're going to do it. But 
Right. I mean, it's with without that, it was just well, why am I not doing this in the meantime while I'm <laughs> while I'm not there? While I, why am I not building a war chest? But this, but it just yeah makes sense and it uh, and and I like it. I I think it's a great idea. Um, yeah. um, we also got we've also got another one that people noticed on the new website here that uh, uh, under the standing section we've got um, uh, lottery odds. And we're going to, right now it's just a beta thing for this year, but next year we're going to uh, use a modified version of that gold rule that I think we talked about at the summit okay. about uh, teams gen uh, teams generating points once they get eliminated from the playoffs in order right. to uh, determine their lottery uh, position. Yeah. And um, I think between those two rules, actually, we're going to end up with something pretty neat because, uh, I mean, teams are going to have to spend $50 million and um you're gonna want to win games mm -hmm. after you're eliminated from the playoffs so the results of this might be that we're creating some buyers that would otherwise be sellers at the trade deadline yes. for certain types of players and um you know if you've got like an overpaid player on your team that you're trying to get rid of there's going to be some teams that are actually going to want that player if they can help them get into the better lottery positions so yeah absolutely and it's gonna throw everything around for for us at that point i think it's a great idea it's gonna it's gonna make it quite interesting uh but that is for 21 is that correct that's not for this this uh, for, no, no 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 this year yeah it's not it, we're not using it this year okay i don't think i've got a yeah. point since i uh got eliminated <laughs> well the interesting, the interesting thing is that like henry was the first guy eliminated and yeah. uh so it started showing up on the site as soon as he got eliminated and uh he's actually gone on a tear since he got eliminated so it is kind of it is kind of like not that he's actually trying to win right now but if this were next year and he yeah. were actually trying to win it would actually kind of benefit him quite a bit and it kind of shows you that he can like lock down that position by winning games rather yeah. than losing games yeah. we, i think we, it's a great idea. idea yeah we like that idea so yeah i love it i love it so, so you've had these discussions for t like 20 years about like new rules and all sorts of stuff do you get ever get into any disagreements over them <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've had some pretty big ones over the years um uh again it's fake little hockey guys but um you know this is i don't know it's just like uh i, I think some of the big ones have kind of always come around uh free agency and how we do that and um uh you know in retrospect they always seem like they're dumb arguments but i guess like it's, it's kind of part of the passion that fuels the league, I think, is that, you know, Mark and I can yell at each other for like a half an hour about stuff and, you know, come back and, <laughs> you know, um, you know, still make a good uh, make a good league. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah we get, we get into a lot, of, a lot of heated discussions about it. Let's just put it that way. OK, great. <laughs> well, and and it sounds like the relationship's pretty strong. Then uh, that uh, you'd be able to have those disagreements and then still uh, still continue on the way you guys are. Um, my next question actually moves now to the site, and the site was actually released this morning. As we're recording this, the site, the new site, was released this morning. Uh, I'm absolutely thrilled with it. I think it looks incredible. 
what are some of the new features on the site that you're most excited about? Oh, well, um, I can honestly say that, like, uh, in this particular iteration, there's not a lot of brand new features uh, that are... um, uh, that should be knocking anybody's socks off. I mean, the big thing that we did here was that we made it mobile friendly. And uh, that was something that was really just um, getting to me for the last couple of years. Um, I, I met with the Vancouver guys a couple of times at St. Augs. And uh, we we try to do those like, you know, seven way trades and all that stuff. And I'd see these guys trying to navigate the website on their phones and just knowing that it wasn't equipped to do that and seeing how they had to scroll and nobody was complaining, but I'm just sitting there like, Oh, this is, there's a reason why I never do it. So I really wanted to make sure that the site was a little bit more mobile friendly and we at least got the front end um, ready to do that now. And we've got a similar, like the similar scaffolding is going to be deployed throughout the rest of the site. So everybody's going to be able to, uh, kind of look at their team sites and uh, and look at all of the uh, GM dashboards and stuff all on their phones and it'll be a lot easier for them to navigate that and um, I'm just kind of I just wanted to make sure that we got that out and kind of got with the times because we were probably the last website on the internet that wasn't uh, mobile friendly and um, but uh, yeah well, um, I, I also wanted to make the um, I wanted to make the design kind of uh highlight some of the other content contributors that we've got like yourself and we've got a podcast now and we've had the uh the power rankings for a while and eric's doing his fanatic stuff and uh you know we've got all these people that are contributing to the league and i didn't want all that stuff to be buried and you couldn't see it so i'm trying to highlight it a little bit more and giving you guys like fancy graphics and um you know things like that and upcoming soon we're gonna have (laughs) And uh, upcoming soon, we're going to have, like, probably by the end of the week, we'll have a, a GHA site finally up. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah. I do it's not understand. Stuff to look for to look forward to. Yeah. I don't understand why people want a GHA site. I just, like, <laughs> Mark's been bugging me about that for about a decade. And I'm just, like, nobody cares about the GHA. But Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, apparently, Jasper Avalanche can give the Banff Rockies a run for their money. In fact, they might actually beat them right now. But <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so with the new site, what I know you've spent just a ton of time on it. Uh, what has been the biggest challenge for you with building the new site? Um. You mean like other than just getting it done? Because <laughs> that was a big, that was a pretty big one. Because like you know, on it honestly, like this could have gone out a while ago. But I always get to that point where I start just uh, nitpicking over the smallest things, and uh, I just get into like a, like a paralysis mode. And I it's kind of one of those self aware things that I'm that I know I do, and. Um, I set myself a deadline like uh, about three weeks ago, actually just before all of this isolation stuff happened because I was like, we're going to get it done on uh, April 4th after I get back from my vacation. And uh, and uh, I was just like, if I don't do it, then it's just going to be another year. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to get it up to snuff, get it out the door. And uh, it's like 95% of the way there. I'm a guy who's, it's never going to be 100%. 
but uh, it's out the door now. And uh, that was probably the biggest thing was just getting it out. But I also had to teach myself a lot of uh, a lot of new um, uh, stuff, like with responsive design and uh, making sure that all the things that I was always used to, like pixel perfect accuracy with all my designs. And now I'm making things that are going to have to reconfigure themselves depending on what device you're looking at and, and it's a it's a pretty different way of approaching sites and um you know that was that was a lot of a, a lot of time spent making it work right okay well it, again it looks fantastic but i know people have been talking about it it's been just that that rumor it's just been out there it's been out there the new site the new site uh for a while people like I really wonder how many questions a month were you getting from other GMs in the league asking about the new site? <laughs> well, fortunately, not a lot, actually. Um, you okay. know, I think I, I think we've got a, a bunch of guys. I mean, you know, they know that they get what they pay for. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, you can uh, triple my salary, but it's not going to get it done any faster. <laughs> and um, uh, people are just kind of like, uh we've we've discovered over the years people are just really happy with what they've got and um they've, they've never really been on me too much i kind of put more pressure on myself than anybody else so um we've got a good group of guys that have just they, they they don't bother me they're just happy to see that it's finally out i hope and yeah. uh well i'm glad they, to hear that because yeah it's been fantastic all the way so I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're not getting bugged by people about it so that's that's good that's a relief to me <laughs> and i didn't i didn't think there'd be too many but i was just it was just curious um to, to go on about that like do you i mean you and mark like you do this you guys do this and you've done it for 20 years you do like all this work for the site mark you know every day like sim in those games and pressing and the button like that Sorry, pressing, he's pressing the button like that guy in the basement and lost. <laughs> <laughs> but and you know and and so many more things. Um, has anybody ever suggested anything like um, like uh, like payment for it or anything like that for the work you guys are doing? Um, there have been times I think over the years where some people have have tried to like they've reached out privately and they've said you know they want to they want to pay us for something I, I think they they know that um you know web hosting costs money and we have to license the uh the sim every year and all that stuff but i don't know we just we've never like we've talked about it a couple of times but never at length i mean like mark and i would just we don't really want to take money for this because it's uh, it might change the expectations of the league or something like that. Like, right. like, you know, some people like, I mean, I, I don't think that this is so much a problem with this group now. I mean, like we've been established for long enough and we, uh, we have like, like we're not just like random strangers on the internet anymore. Like right. a lot of us have actually met in person, yeah. but when it was that and when it was like nobody actually really knew each other we were just like you know faceless uh faceless words on a keyboard um there was always the risk that as soon as people start paying for it or if we were to ask for payment for it then the expectations are that they're getting something for what they pay for and um you know 
we always wanted to have the answer that if you don't like it, you can leave and we will quote unquote, give you your money back. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and you know, like it, it, it just kind of, it has that flavor that is just like, it's a community thing. And because, mm-hmm. because we're not accepting payment, I think in a lot of ways, what a lot of people are actually doing is they feel like the best way to pay is to contribute. Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of like a self, a, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy when it comes to like how people will enjoy the site and what, what comes out of the site is because your pe- people are actually putting the effort into it. Right. And, um, you know, that kind of has really helped our community grow. And um, that's probably why we've got so many GMs that have been around for longer than 10 years. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, a long and you see, and, and you see that in like the the SICHL Costulator or you see that in the as the Insider or the or the or the Grinder now. Or and of course, with Henry's uh, with the power rankings and, and uh, the fanatic that Eric puts on and just all the different things that people really want to do for it. Yeah, people, that sense of community has been built. And of course, uh, through some other some other things, one of those I wanted to talk about with uh, was was the summit. And when did you really start thinking of the, of the idea of the summit? And and then when did the idea start to really solidify or become feasible? Well, I um, probably like the the first summit that we had was probably I was trying to I was trying to think about this, like maybe third or fourth season in the league. I don't know how long ago it was, but it was um, I, I met with Mark and uh martin and well mark first in ottawa and then we actually both met up with martin in montreal and uh that was kind of the first time that i had ever met anybody in person that i'd met on the internet and it was like really it, it had the potential to be really weird you know <laughs> eventually i met my wife on the internet <laughs> but uh but at the time it was a really weird thing this is like back in like 2001 maybe or 2002 and um uh it was it, like it went out really well like we we ended up just going to a, like a patio somewhere and i think we spent like three or four hours and mark or i think mark mark brought a friend like it wasn't a girlfriend or anything like that but he brought some friend or two friends that sat with us for like three hours <laughs> and had like nothing to contribute to the conversation that we were having but they were like they were champs. I, I don't remember what their names were, but um, so, you know, so, so we did that. And then like, um, I know that a couple of years later, I think Mark did like a cross Canada trip and he kind of met up with the random GMs that were in the league at the time. I think most of them are kind of still around. I think Gary was in there and uh, you know, Derek, uh, old Toronto GM and Norm. And then uh, I met up with him again in Calgary. And then when Mark moved to Toronto, I go to Toronto, like on a, annual basis almost to meet with my family and we'd make a point of meeting all the time and then we added all the Toronto people to the group and it just became like an annual thing that we did and it was only like three or four of us but we could always sit there for like a couple hours talking about this stuff and eventually I was just like I wonder how many people we could get (laughs) in in like in like one thing and like obviously it, it was like gestating for like a long time but probably about five years before we did it, I started really actually thinking about it. 
and talking to Mark about it just privately and saying, you know, we'll probably do this. It's probably pie in the sky. Probably nobody's going to do it. But let's just like do the legwork and ask. And then about four years out, um, you know, I, I pitched it to uh, Mark and uh, I think Kirk and Norm. And Norm was already willing to pay me like at the table that we were at. We were at Jack Astor's <laughs> and he's like, he's like, do you want cash or and I was like, OK, well, at least Norm was interested. <laughs> and um, but, you know, that this is Toronto. And I'm just like, if we're going to do this, like if I'm going to organize the thing, I've you know, if I'm going to be passionate about this, then it's probably got to be in Edmonton. And we had a good group of guys in Edmonton like we had like five or six guys which is you know a, a reasonably high proportion of the league and then we just have to in order to get like a quorum so to speak we only needed like another like eight guys from around the around the place to like volunteer to do it or to want to come and um so I kind of put a plan together and uh I started to think about all the logistics came up with what I thought was a pretty good framework and uh sent the email out and just see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, it turned out absolutely incredible. Um, who were some of those first gems to start jumping on the bandwagon with the idea? Uh, well, like I said, Norm was really keen right off the hop. Um, and I think I might have pitched it to some other guys, but really I had no idea what it was going to be like as soon as I actually put up the page and started asking for money. And uh, I want to say that, um, like, one guy that we really wanted to make sure was there and nobody knew if he was going to come was uh, was Gallagher. And um, I remember I was going to be going on vacation and I was, as I'm always doing these things, I was working on it at the last minute and I put up the page, like, five minutes before I stepped out the door to fly <laughs> to, like uh california or something like that and just like well we'll see how it goes i think by the time i got to the airport i already had money from like <laughs> five people that had already paid and gallagher was one of them so uh we immediately got pretty excited about that but the guy that stunned me he was the second guy that paid was uh was uh doug carnes <laughs> and like for first off, like when we were when we were trying to figure this out, like Mark and I would talk about like who's likely to come, right? We knew Norm was already in his, uh, was coming. We had all the Edmonton guys. We figured that most of the Vancouver guys are going to come, like uh, Eric and Henry and um, and Matt and Sheetal. Uh, we didn't know about Oram. He's been bouncing around all over the place. We thought he was in Calgary at the time, so we figured it was a nice short trip for him. Uh, but whenever we mentioned Doug, we're like, there's no way Doug's coming. He never drafts uh he's he's kind of doing his own thing and uh we had no idea what to expect but sure enough <laughs> doug's like the second guy to pay and holy crap it was awesome that he was there like <laughs> it was awesome like, that was awesome he, he had no business like like fitting in with 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 the group of people that were there and he totally fit in with everybody that was there and when he spoke, the room shut up. It yeah. was like, we're gonna listen. We're gonna listen to the master here, man. So yeah, that's right. That, it yeah, was that awesome. Was okay, so I mean, it was a huge undertaking. What did you find to be the biggest hurdles to put it on? Well, 
probably just like the logistics and trying to come up with a compelling reason to get everybody to spend thousands of dollars to come to Edmonton for a bunch <laughs> of fake little hockey guys. Like, I, I really wanted to make sure that it wasn't just going to be a bunch of guys hanging out at like a Denny's <laughs> and like, you know, as it turns out, I'm sure if, like, at this point, now that we've done it once, if we just told everybody, hey, we're all going to meet at the Denny's in Saskatoon, like, I'm willing to bet we get about half of the there right now. <laughs> we, I'll drive. But, I'll uh, drive but at the guys, no problem. <laughs> but at the time, I mean, and I think this is a product of living in Edmonton, and Edmontonians have, like, a inferiority complex a little bit where we think that nobody ever wants to come to our town, but... So I was trying to come up with like uh, like rational reasons why like, we had con we have contacts like we 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 have like all of our radio guys were actually here so they're like our celebrity GMs are all in Edmonton and um you know like I had some contacts that I thought I could use in order to make a compelling uh, event and um, I started planning like some of the basic stuff a couple years in advance and finding the venue finding the venues was actually a really tricky one because a lot of the venues want a lot of money mm -hmm. and uh when i stumbled on the school i was like oh ho, ho, this is this is gold <laughs> well and, what's gold? The, the the you know the tiered seating and the uh, yeah. just and then the screens for it it was just perfect right we were able to, yeah nicely done on that one yeah. um so for me, just thinking of one thing from the summit is a great moment is extremely tough. So I'm going to ask you, uh, what would you say your favorite three memories from the summit would be? If you could pick three. Three memories. Um, probably the first one that I can think of is the, uh, it was like the first night before the event had actually started. So I want to say it was so when people uh, were flying in that day, that night. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the day that everybody was flying in, like we didn't have any events planned that day because we knew that it was going to be like, uh, we didn't know when anybody was going to arrive. And as it turned out, that's exactly what happened. Like people were coming in at like 11 o'clock at night. Some people were right. coming in at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yep. But for the people that were in town, we're like, well, we might as well hang out and kind of, it was supposed to be a very informal thing. We like, I, I had imagined that a little bunch of little groups were going to get together and do their own things. I was, um, I was trying to figure out like, if you're like a comic book guy, like here's the good comic book store. Uh, we had the theater, <laughs> the, 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 the fringe was going on and I thought I knew we had a bunch of theater guys and I figured they'd want to go see right. some, uh, see some plays in the area. So we actually, we went to the White Ave area where the fringe was going on, but I think it was raining that day. It was. Yeah. So we Very all ended up just band. going to this. The everybody that was in town, we all went to Beercade, and um, like the I I think in my head we were going to be at Beercade for like an hour, like long enough to eat, and then we would go wander White Ave and kind of go see what the fringe, what was going on at the fringe. But as it turned out, we all just, we grabbed a long table. I think it was cheap beer night. I think uh, <laughs> Henry was getting cut on uh, like $2 Guinness. Or something. <laughs> cheap Guinness. And and, and uh, we, we had just showed up with, um, like Mark and I had just gone to the airport and picked up the St. Louis boys who took their, uh, their trip around North America in order to get there. <laughs> I want to say it was like, 
Was it like St. Louis, St. Louis, New York, York Toronto, Toronto, Edmonton? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, that's that's a scenic route. And um, so they arrive. I think they were like flying for like ten hours or something like that. And they land, and I'm sure they're hungry. And we take them to this beer cave, and we introduce them to poutine. And oh right, oh yeah. man. Like Matt was one happy dude having eaten that stuff. It's like the nectar of the gods. And um, uh, I remember like I remember like leaving that night, I think like I was driving everybody back to the hotel and I just I was like smiling from ear to ear. And I'm like, the event hasn't even started yet. And I feel like if 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 this was it, like it's already good. So yeah. I, we still got two more days of this. So I was like, okay, I, <laughs> I, I, I think we're in pretty good shape now. And, uh, and uh, so after that, um, you know, uh, I think surprising people, like I, I kind of framed it in the, uh, in the itinerary that everybody got that we were just going to Roger's place to get a photo with the Gretzky statue. Mm hmm. And, uh, and then once we got there, I think, I can't remember who it was. Somebody asked, I think it was Orem actually asked like, Hey, can we go in at all? And then I'm like, yeah, we can go in. <laughs> and then like, I walked in and, uh, Derek, the, 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 our host was in there and he's like, okay, you guys ready for a tour? And we got to go, we got to see like the media room that like nobody got, nobody gets to go see. And we got like a, basically we were the only people in the building, <laughs> Like, well, and this is, and, and to put that this into perspective, like there had been no games played in Rogers yet, right? This is this is before no, they played any there games. No, there was one year. There, it was it was oh, one really? year. It just yeah, oh, we had just had the playoffs there. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it wasn't brand new. I don't think they were like they were like drying the paint when the first game started. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were that quite ready yet, but. Uh, I thought that Derek was just the best host that we could have yeah, possibly. He was phenomenal. That was yeah. an awesome tour. He he didn't give us like the the road answers. Like yeah. he uh, he was like, "Can you believe what these seats cost?" <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't think that an employee of the of the team would kind of present it that way. But I thought it was like. I thought it was amazing, and uh, we got to we got to see like every nook and cranny of that building, except for the uh, dressing room. We weren't allowed in that, but uh, I thought that was great. Yeah, going and into the, that uh, media room, going into that media room was just incredible. And then Orem Orem goes up to the front. The I have a trade to announce. <laughs> <laughs> we have Oilers, and we have now traded Connor McDavid to the Calgary Flames. It was it was just perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then the barbecue at my place was also. Yeah. Like uh, we were supposed to watch the uh, the well the what do we have we Pacquiao, had like a whole bunch of stuff um, had, the Pacquiao oh what's his Pacquiao, name uh, Mayweather uh, Mayweather McGregor oh, Mayweather, Mayweather. McGregor. yeah was it Mayweather yeah. McGregor right yeah yeah and um, you know that ended up going a little bit long because I don't know they they couldn't get the feed working or something but um, like we were doing the interview like uh, like Eric and Henry were doing the yeah. interviews That's and. Right. Um, like in the downtime, we were just like hanging out outside and just yeah. having another chat and Doug's speech, Doug's speech. When he laughed, man, I was just like, I remember like no word of a lie. Like, I think Mark might've been joking when he talked about, he was getting a little emotional when, when he had that speech. Yeah. I don't think I got emotional during the speech, but the next day when I was driving Mark to the airport and I was thinking about that speech, that's when I like, I had to stop. 
<laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like, I cannot believe that. I mean, I don't know. I want to see Doug again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think the noteworthy thing is that the three things that I remember most about that are were not the planned events. Like the two main planned events right. were like the axe throwing thing that we did. Yeah. And the which was fantastic. Draft, which was fantastic. And, and the and the draft itself, right. which was obviously the thing that we like designed okay. the whole we designed the whole event around the actual draft. Right. And like <laughs> that's like number five on my list of things that I remember about that event. So right. I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here. Like I, I enjoyed it as much as a participant as somebody who like like tried to organize it. And um yeah, I just everybody just made it so easy. Well, so. it was, I, I mean, and it was my introduction to the league, right? I, I had just drafted my team into the dispersal draft, yeah. um, just, you know, like a week a couple, earlier, a couple of weeks before or something. And yeah. uh, uh, it was just incredible. I remember one of my favorite memories and, and, and I mean, there were so many, everything was so much fun, but my, one of my favorite memories was driving, <laughs> driving, home from beer kate or driving uh, a couple of the guys back to the hotel from beer kate and matt's in the front seat with me we have nhl network or, or nhl radio on everybody's listening to that but matt is i i had a dynasty a football dynasty pool um redraft that night it was a dynasty so i'm like oh i'm, I'm gonna miss this but but i'll just you know put in my put in my uh i'll just pre-rank my players um but uh, Matt's like, oh, I'll just do it. Like, I'll, I'll do this for you. Tell me. And it was an auction. So he's telling me the guys that are up. He's like, 30. I'm like, yeah, bid. 32, bid. <laughs> As I'm driving. And yeah. just, yeah, everything just you're, went off. You're, you're trusting the guy that you met, like, <laughs> that half just an hour a, earlier. <laughs> an hour or two before. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, so getting back to that, to the draft then at the summit, uh the first and we didn't know this and i talked to mark about this on the last podcast but the you and mark ran a ran across a bit of a snag where the first round seemed to be lost after after drafting that first round and when we talked to mark about it as well that first round really was as long as the rest of the draft was from rounds two to seven what was going through your head when when you guys couldn't find the first round all of a sudden yeah well uh, first off, I want to correct that it was not a snag that Mark and I had. It was a snag that Mark had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be honest, like, this is now three years after the fact. That was the one thing that I was not in control of. <laughs> and I was like, Mark, <laughs> you have one thing to do here. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, like I had, uh, we had kind of had contingency plans for like technical glitches, but I did not think that that was going to be the technical glitch that we were <laughs> actually going to be no longer able to run the draft. So, I mean, on one hand, I was like, by this point, I had kind of like had exhaustion set in and I was like, well, I'm welcoming the little break here because I can, you know, like chill out and like think about things a little bit. but somewhere in the back of my mind i was like you have got to be kidding me <laughs> but, but 
you know, uh, whereas I'm the kind of guy who would sweat and kind of start throwing shit things. Um, <laughs> uh, oops. Uh, and uh, Mark is actually a guy who, like, when stuff like that happens, he he can kind of, like, let that you'll never know that something like that's going on. And he kind of was very under his breath saying, well, I think I lost the entire first round. (laughs) And I kind of through gritted teeth. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And like, yeah. So, I mean, I was expecting, I was expecting like Wi-Fi problems. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not uh not uh you know we may have lost the league <laughs> so uh, but i'm glad that he figured it out and uh you know he was kind of he got all that worked out and this is kind of one of those things that's a funny story in retrospect but at right. the time at the time it wasn't <laughs> and, and i mean the thing for us is the rest of us were just eating that lovely lunch you guys brought in for us, or that you brought in yeah, for us there. That, we that were was, all that was the buffet having lunch. Yeah, it's the end of the first round before we start the second, have some, you know, have a great lunch here. We had absolutely no idea I, until when I walked by you and you're kind of like, uh, <laughs> yeah, the sweat, we're, the, uh, the sweat running down. <laughs> we're going over something right now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean, you know, most of us were none the wiser at all, and everything off, everything just went off for us without a without a hitch at all. It was just, it was an incredible weekend. I heard a number of people say like this, you know, that just that just made their year and more, right? That made like they just they hadn't had a weekend like that. They just loved it. So, um, I think that was a sentiment from pretty much everyone that was there. So, thank you very much for that. I'm excited yeah. for the next one, Toronto 22, or as I've have I called it, as I have called it now, uh, to uh, to Ron two. Yeah, I don't Do think that ready yet. I don't I don't think that rolls off the tongue as easily as you think it does. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, Do we have, do a, we committee have a committee yet for Toronto 22? Committee yet for it? Um, well, you know what they say about uh, uh, a racehorse being a donkey design. No, a donkey being a racehorse designed by committee. Um, I'm not a big fan of committees, but uh, okay. we have we have talked about it a lot. Um, I think the last time I was in Toronto, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, had lunch with Kirk and Norm and Mark, and basically outlined the plan. I mean, we've kind of got a we've kind of set up the template with the Edmonton one and um, uh, we kind of know what worked and, uh, and what didn't. And, you know, just like logically how we can do something like this. And we've started to scout venues and we've kind of got a very high level itinerary set up for another couple of days. And um, it's going to be similar, but different. And, um, you know, kind of taking advantage of some of the things that are available to us in Toronto that are not available here. And, um, you know, that's kind of where we're at. Like we, we're still a couple of years away. Uh, we like to have very rough plans because we got to like, you know, like we don't want it to be too expensive. I think we kind of hit the right, the right uh, registration fee last time yeah. in order to kind of get everything to the level. We want. And like that worked out 
pretty much perfect. Like I think we were within like 50 bucks of our budget <laughs> when it was all said and done. That's and, uh, and, uh, and, um, that's kind of the big thing. I mean, costs are a little bit higher in Toronto than they were here, but, uh, and, uh, but you know, we, 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 we started the process and we know kind of what we, we want to do. And, uh, it's just a matter of waiting for another year before we can get some solid bookings and right. we're ready for Toronto in, uh, August. Hopefully, there's uh, August the 22 is going to be the the rough plan, and uh, hopefully there'll be games played before that. I do. <laughs> I do like the idea of August. I'd, I'd heard September, but I I do like the idea of August. But it doesn't matter for me. Whenever it is, I'll be there. If I have to take a week off uh, work. <laughs> and uh lose a week of pension i'm okay with that <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, uh, the, that's the, tricky <laughs> the the bar has been set high um but i know that it'll be absolutely amazing again it's a it's the group that that is there right i mean those the 17 that we had at and in 17 there was that's funny there were 17 in 17 were just incredible and hopefully we have more for for the next one maybe 22 and 22 but uh yeah that's uh, i'm like really that. looking forward to it <laughs> I, uh, yeah mike thank you so much for doing this uh so today today in this one i i interviewed you as a as a deputy right as a deputy uh commissioner of the league uh i'd love to have you back and interview you as uh as the edmonton supersonics gm another time yeah sounds good be happy to be happy to do that all right well, thanks again, Mike Franceschini. I almost said that wrong, but Mike Franceschini, uh, GM of the Evans Supersonics and Deputy Commissioner of the SICHL. Thanks for coming, Mike. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Next up in overtime with Gary Graves. Gary and I will be talking about teams that made the biggest improvements over the past year, be it by trading, drafting, or signing players. Here we go. In overtime! <laughs> Special guest here on Overtime, GM of the Boston Colonials, and uh, welcome to the Supreme Intercontinental Podcast. Gary, how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad, man. Just a little tired. It's been an exhausting COVID type of week, uh, stressed at work, but uh, we're here and we're going to talk some talk some hockey. I love it. Nothing better than talking SICHL to get your mind off other things. Um, I know we were doing a bit of research over the past week and a half, two weeks here, um, looking at who are the most improved teams in an attempt to win a cup this year, as well as the most improved for the future of their franchise strength teams. So we, we put together a top three here of our most improved teams in an attempt to win the cup this year. And we used, we used a timeline. We used the trade window from right before the draft, the 19 draft, all the way until the trade deadline from about two weeks ago. So, um, without further ado, I guess we'll go right into our top three most improved teams in, in an attempt to win the cup this year. Who do you have at number three, or did you want to mention any honorable mentions even before we start? Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off with number three, and, and okay. then maybe talk maybe talk some honorable mentions after. Um, sure, sure, sounds good. The, I, I think from my third, um, the third spot for me is, is probably the Huskies, um, and and essentially just 
because of that one big deal that that Don made at the start of the year. Ooh, uh, a bold <laughs> move, but but a great move. <laughs> um, and I hated to do this, but but at the end of the day, blowing up my team made sense. And then dealing Big Nate was uh, a move I had to make. But I think that um, I mean Don had a deep lineup to start with, uh, a deep team, as you're aware. Um, That's right. I think he just makes that um, that team so much more dangerous. Although looking at his stats. Uh, I think he's third in scoring on on the Huskies, uh, not not overall like the, the best player on that team, but he should be. <laughs> but I think uh, playoff time that that could be a a, a pretty good uh, move on his part. Now, in terms of the rest of the moves he made the uh, during the rest of the season, uh, I wouldn't say uh, a ton of uh, overall moves. He picked up Marcus uh, P- Patterson. Uh, late in the season, uh, which just added to his stock of, uh, of of nice farm pieces there with Quentin Hughes and Quinn Hughes and, and others, right? I mean, he's he's deep, and uh, but I think that the big trade uh, is what kind of solidified him as a as a potential cup force, uh, just because he made that move. Not not necessarily other moves and free agency and things like that, but just that move. Put to, for me, puts him in in that third spot, and and I think he's got a good shot at the cup, and he's like second overall, I think, in the in the Canadian Conference. So, uh, kudos to Don, um, the wise one. But I'm I'm happy with the haul I got too. So, <laughs> well, McKinnon, what an incredible player, and yeah, if you can add a player of, of his talent to your team, you're you're in great shape right away. And you know, you're right. He, I agree. He, he added Marcus Peterson. He also, I also noticed he added Luongo as some nice depth in net there as well. I mean, he has Gibson already, but Luongo's a nice extra guy. You know, we know how important those goalies are to have some depth when those goalies go get go down. To have a, a, a guy that can step in as, as your backup is is uh, is pretty important. One guy I noticed he lost was uh, Nazem Kadri, but. Uh, but yeah, he made some he made some good moves. Well, one humongous good move, didn't he? One to bring in that McKinnon. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah. I think Kadri was I think Kadri was expendable there, but uh, just because his team is so deep, so he uh, has so many centers. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. I tried to pull a center off him, telling him he had so many centers, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't convince him. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give my third uh, that coming in at number three for me. Uh, for the most improved team in an attempt to win a cup this year is the Philadelphia Fire Ants GM, Norm Donovan. Boo. Uh, he brought... <laughs> I thought that would be popular with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Lowball Norm went and brought in uh, Halak, and that combination he has now in net is just insane. Like, you have Halak and, uh, and Rask moving forward. Uh, he brought in Ron Hainsey. He actually sent out uh, Marcus Peterson that went to Whitehorse, but he brought in Ron, Ron Hainsey, I believe, in uh, free agency. And then he also brought in Kadri, who I was talking about there. So that was that probably that deal uh, with Whitehorse for Kadri for P- uh, Marcus Peterson. But he brought in Kadri. He brought in uh, Miku Koivu and also signed Cogliano at the start of the year. So he added some really big pieces. And one one thing that I that he did was that he didn't give up those uh, that uh, that elite player 
because he was going to lose him to free agency in the offseason. He had Stamkos and he had Rask, and he uh, he said, you know what, We're, I'm going to keep them both, and I'm going to go for it. So that was actually a big factor for me as well for him. Yeah, it was funny because you think just when you think he's out, he's back in, and and he stayed the stayed the course, and and yeah, he did make a lot of good moves, and he's got a lot of a lot of uh, decent players there, and and uh, as much as as I like to to boo him, and 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 I know it's still <laughs> potentially Sarah's favorite team. Not sure if it still is, but um, yeah, he's got a, a pretty pretty good team there. So fantastic! All right, uh, your number two. My number two is the Calgary Mustangs, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, once I bring up my notes here, uh, I liked um, some of the moves. Again, I, I fed, I think, half the teams in this league to made 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 them better. I mean. He went and got uh, Riley Smith and, and Neil Pionk for me. Um, I think, I mean, from from the perspective of what they're doing on his team right now, um, I, I wouldn't say it's a lot of points, but I think future-wise, I think he's got some good players there. Um, I like what he did uh, in the draft. He, he gave up his first, but he, he ended up getting a, a couple of pretty good, uh, decent picks in the first round there. Uh, with uh, Ville, um, uh Hinola and uh, John Beecher. So uh, two later picks in the draft that, that turned out pretty good for him. Um, and signing Justin Williams, I think I, I, I love Justin Williams. I think he's always the, the best free agent to kind of the pickup. So he seems to, to always uh, do well. Uh, well, I, I think he does well in the playoffs, but I think he's just a good pickup for, for Calgary. And, and, uh, and like I said, I'm glad I, I'm really – impressed how he how he kind of pulled some of those great names in the draft at the end of it there uh but uh for me i thought he was kind of that second team for me just in terms of improvement because i think overall uh last year i don't think he was in the playoff picture and now he's he's uh he's well on his way to a um a playoff spot i mean will he is he the best team to win the cup uh, maybe not but he's I think he's improved enough to to have a crack at it, right? So uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that team, but hundred um. percent, I had him as an honorable mention. And for for me with his team, he had uh, I I think he improved the most at uh, forward of any team out of ever uh, out of all the teams. He picked up Soderstrom uh, in a in a trade. He uh, like you said, Riley Smith, Justin Williams. That was a great signing. Uh, he also picked up Darren Helm as just one of those extras, but but really important. And and uh, you know Ford's often are the toughest guys to pick up, so so he did a great job there. Uh, he he uh, traded away Latang, who was gonna he had him and Giordano were both gonna be unrestricted free agents at the end of the year, and he and he made a deal with the to he got back Bufflin in that deal and other pieces that Soderstrom was in that deal, so he did a great job there. And like you said, Pionk and Cronwell on the back end. He switched out a goalie the, around the same uh, range as his goalie. Picked up Allmark, but he get, got rid of Deming. So, uh, yeah, he he was definitely an honorable mention for me. Uh, yeah. And he also picked up Gustafson as well. Who's yeah, absolutely. Gustafson was there on the list. But uh, yeah, he and I failed to mention the Bufflin Soderberg deal, and that, that that was a couple extra pieces that I think will help him in, the, in that kind of playoff push there. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he. Really improved for sure for this year's uh, cup run. 
Um, my second is the Brandon Wheat Kings and uh, GM Doug Carnes. Uh, Brandon, just all the way through his, I think it was the most well-rounded uh, pickups between all the positions. He picked up Lundquist in uh, free agency uh, in net. On defense, he uh, he picked up or traded for Polak, David Savard, Olimata, Jonathan Erickson, uh, Caleb Jones. He did give up England and Justin Schultz, but he but if you really cancel out England for Savard and you cancel out Caleb Jones for Justin Schultz, you have three big pickups on defense of Polak, Olimata, and Erickson. And then up front, he picked up Palmieri, uh, Anders Lee, Tyler Johnson, um, Andrew Ladd, and you know he did lose uh, Brian Boyle, um, Simmons, but uh, if you cancel again those a couple of those out, he still came out with two more solid uh, solid forwards than he had before. So he he was second on my list. It's just weird seeing him not in a playoff spot, and and he usually is right, and he always seems to make those moves that gets him that kind of gets him there. Never seems to have any picks, uh, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, so like I say, in terms of his, 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 um, in the system depth, not, not, but like I say, he always seems to make the right moves uh, and he's usually in the playoff picture. Right. But, uh, this year he just didn't kind of, things just didn't kind of play it that way. So, yeah, it makes me wondering if I'm doing this all wrong, going, going for more picks and less, and less for now, right now. But, uh, yeah, guys like, uh, Brandon and, uh, guys like Doug Carnes and Brandon and Dustin in, in Vegas. They just seem to be there every year, don't they? And they they don't have any picks, and they it doesn't matter. They're there every year. It's there's different ways to to do this thing, and and they, they're doing it right. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Let's go to your number one team. Okay, my number one, and and I know it's probably not your number one, but just to see um, Kirk and that that crunch team that that won a couple couple years ago go from out of the playoff spot to like. First place in the world there right now. Um, he he just seemed to have pulled, I think, things all together the, the, the right way this year. Not so much in terms of, um, you know, huge signings or anything like that. Um, just, uh, I mean, he had some deals like picking up like uh, Jay Beagle or uh, Antoine Roussel, some depth pieces, Brendan Smith. Uh, but just his draft, and maybe this is more of a, a future thing too like um but just i think his big signings and free agency is what kind of uh helped a lot here with uh luke shen uh you know green uh dubnik uh dubnik has been amazing net for him this year uh i think he just made the right free agency moves that was the big part for him and his draft um wow like uh it was incredible he had three picks this year I tried to get those picks, by the way, um, <laughs> and, and and actually we kind of talked. Uh, uh, funny thing is, we we kind of had a deal in place before we before I went to Toronto um, last uh, summer uh, for a little mini summit, and uh, he just uh, it was cold feet. But sorry, Kirk, but uh, <laughs> you could have had McKinnon. But uh, I, I think I think you did okay. Uh, I think you did okay with <laughs> and and just getting you know Zegras, uh, Boldy, and uh, but Zegras and Suzuki especially, uh, those are three great picks uh, on his part, and that kind of sets him up for the future as well. So, um, and he just like I say, he just played. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great off season, uh, and uh, it's showing now, uh, not just for the future, but um, the, the current year. And I think he's a dangerous team. 
Um, I wouldn't have thought that earlier in the year just because I, I, I never really followed that that team a lot. But just to see him in first place, I was like, whoa, like, well, why is he in first place? And I think, like I say, the big free agent signings were huge for him. Yeah. You know what? It's pretty scary because I had him in my top five. If, if we went to five with this, I had him in my top five for this, for improvements for this year. I also had him in my – well, he was – he was in my top five for the next sec- segment as well for a uh, most improved for the, for the franchise. And usually when you have a team that's going for it for a cup this year, they're definitely not in it for how they improve for their franchise in the future. Right. Uh, somehow he's able to do that and do it both. It's pretty impressive. Uh, my number one, my number one improvement this year is the London Monarchs. So congratulations, Michael Oram of the London Monarchs. I was just amazed with what he was able to pull off to improve for this year. On defense, he gave himself he gave himself a top six. He gave himself five of those sit top six by picking them up this year without losing one defenseman. He picked up Jack Johnson, Noah Hannafin, Johnny Boy, or, yeah Johnny Boychuk, um, Ben Hutton, and Ben. Don't call me Reverend Lovejoy. And on at a forward. He picked up another three guys without losing anybody of significance. He picked up Ilya Kovalchuk, Alex Dean, and Richard Panic. So he picked up eight guys that I would say are of significance for, well, for nothing of significance this year. Lots, lots moving forward, uh, you know, but uh, going for it this year, which uh, really hurts. <laughs> That pick didn't, that I have of his in the first round this year. Didn't, but, didn't uh, Noah Hannafin die? Go <laughs> away now. But man, <laughs> like he, he just really turned it around for them. And, uh, you know, he did uh, send out Luongo. But if you look at his goaltending, who cares? He has, uh, what, Bishop and, um, and Bennington. And uh, there's one more guy. Another. Blackwood. Yeah. Kenzie Blackwood. Kenzie Blackwood. Just, yeah. you know, so doesn't matter at all that he that he gave away or that didn't give away but uh but he traded off Luongo so yeah Michael Oram congratulations was, I was really impressed um I also had a couple my, my of rival questions. sorry he's my rival <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to enjoy that one a couple of other honorable mentions in here I had uh uh Montreal made some some big moves and some great moves uh <clears throat> I don't know how I didn't have him in my top three looking at these moves, but uh, he made some great moves. I guess um, at Ford, he, he made he did advance, um, not by much, but he did advance, move, grabbing Couture, uh, sent out Soderberg and grabbing uh, Eric Stahl. And I don't, I'm not saying these were the deals for each other, but, but sent out Arvidsson. But on defense, he just made some huge moves, grabbing Latang, um, Duncan Keith, Orlov, Vatanen, um, and the only guy of real significance for this year was Robert Hag. That's the uh, right, but all four of those guys are are much better than than Hag. Um, somebody else, uh, Las Vegas, made some big moves um, again as usual, and yeah, so there were a couple uh, couple of honorable mentions there for, but that just couldn't make that top three. It was really tough to get in that top three this year. 
Yeah, I, I think, like I say, it is it is a bit subjective, and I know we're looking at things from a different angle. I looked at things yep. from a little different angle, but you're right. I mean, the, the honorable mentions are that you you're talking about in terms of Montreal, some great moves, uh, and, and they they look good for the future too uh, with some of their uh, young prospects. Uh, London, like I say, gave up uh, some picks and and maybe uh, more picks than I would have gave up, but uh, well, especially where I am now, but. But to go out and, and start, you know, putting pieces together. And his goaltending does look great. Um, I hate complimenting Orem, but uh, <laughs> but but no, it's, it's a friendly rivalry. He's a good guy. Uh, I met him once or twice. No. <laughs> um, and uh, no, he's pretty good. Uh, he's got made some, like I say, and, and, I, and I'm surprised Hannafin's still alive, but it looks like he's going to make it. So um, he was at 1%, I think, at one point, right? Yeah, when he got injured, he went to one percent. That's right. Uh, yeah, him for sure. And, and I like what um, I like what uh, St. Louis did at the at the end of the year too, uh, picking up Zaitsev and and uh, Casey DeSmith and Zuccarello just to put that little push on, right? And and uh, but he made some moves at the end of the year to, to solidify kind of his team, I think, for the playoff push. So absolutely, uh, yeah. So yeah, some great uh, great feedback there. But I I love to hear what you have for those top three um, teams that, that look, you know, that are, that are more uh, prep for the future sort of thing. I, I look forward to hearing your, your, your thoughts on those. Perfect. Okay. Well, we, I went again from the same trade window from before, uh, right before the draft all the way until the trade deadline. So this also does include trades that were made that would have been 2019 draft picks then. Right. So, so at number three, for the most improved uh, for the future franchise from moves made this year, I have the Nova Scotia Schooners and Eric Schneider. And there's a surprise, Eric getting better for the future once again. <laughs> this team just just always does it. Now, this team at the draft, at the 2019 draft, added Peyton Krebs, uh, Nils Hoglander, which was a great pick. That guy is, that guy is absolutely enlightening up over in uh, Sweden. And Patrick Pustila, and Patrick Pustila, especially for getting picked in the 50s, what a fantastic <laughs> pick that one was. And I know both of us have talked about the fact that we both wanted him. But uh, Yeah, he but, was on my list, and I yes. took Alexandrov just because it was a, a homer pick. I was going to take Pustila there, but I said, no, I want Alexandrov. Maybe Pustila will fall to the third round, but then knowing you had... I think what the first pick in the third round or second pick in the third round, you would have got him anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was on my list. I have to say for sure. But but great job to Nova Scotia for picking those guys up. Now on top of that, looking at the picks that he that he added or or lost this year, so that was a big part of it for me in in making this uh, these selections. He actually the number of firsts he actually lost a first in total. He he uh, gained that first that he. Uh, got from uh, uh that he got from who did he get that one from from calgary but he yeah. but he gave up two firsts in total this year so he actually lost a first but in that he actually moved up to the number 10 spot in order to grab peyton krebs and what a great great pick that was uh he actually has added a second rounder uh one more second rounder than he's traded away um he's traded away two more thirds and he's picked up He's picked up two more fourths than he's traded, and he's picked up two more fifths than he's traded. But for me, the uh, the backbreaker and all this on why he made it into the top three, because there were a lot of teams that kept going back and forth between between four different teams here. But 
what did it for me is his, what he picked up for players that are playing right now. Yeah. And, uh, and that's Michael Backlund and Victor Arvidsson that he's going to have for the future still. Uh, he has lots of years of term with, with both players. And he only gave up one player of significance like that, and that's Sammy Vatanen. And then on top of all that, he added $14.5 million um, <laughs> in trades. It's, yeah. it's incredible. So that's obviously going to improve his franchise too because he has more buying power when it comes to free agents and more spending power on the, on his entire team's uh, salary. So, Yeah. So a note to other teams: Do not <laughs> trade with Eric. He's shrewd. He's shrewd, and he's uh, he's shrewd. So. So yeah, he was extremely well-rounded between his draft picks, between his uh, trading of draft picks, and between his trading of uh, of players that that have term that are you know very good. So um, so that he was number three. My number two team lost. Not one player of significance for the future for him. Not one player, and that was that was the Hamburg Gladiators, Henry Skay. Am I saying that right, Skay or Ski? I'm sure he'll. Uh, I think I think we go Ski. Um, ski okay, <laughs> he's an all right fellow too. I think sometimes. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> great guy. Now in the draft, Bowen Byram. Arthur Kaliev, Pavel Dorofayev. Wow, that's yeah. a that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice group to walk away from a draft with. There are others, of course. Everybody had others, but I I went for real like impact impact players coming out of the drafts when I was looking at the players that p- people picked out of the drafts. For prospects, he picked up Oscar Sunfist, and well, not in prospect, but for players that, for the future, Oscar Sunfist and Keeper Bellows. He added two more seconds than he traded away. He added one more third than he traded, and he added one more fourth. And he didn't trade away a player of significance that he didn't have at the start of the year. So he did trade some guys away, but he did, but he signed them in free agency. He went and he signed, he signed Ben Lovejoy, and he signed who was the other big free? Oh yeah, Brent Seabrook. So he never had them before the year started. He signed them. He traded Seabrook for patches, and then traded patches for those for those prospects, and and the, and one of the second rounders, and uh, the other one uh, Lovejoy. He got uh, he got picks out of. So the one the one negative I had here for for Hamburg was that he actually also traded away twenty seven point eight million dollars. <laughs> so, but but I was extremely impressed, extremely impressed with Hamburg this year on on. His improvements for his franchise for the future that he in moves that he made this year. But buying you know, picks, buying picks seems to be that that big thing now, right? So yeah, yeah, it's it's happening. <laughs> All right, so we'll go to my uh, my number one most improved for the future franchise strength, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's gonna be. Many happy people, and I'm saying this. I can. I bet you can guess where I'm going with this right now. <laughs> but it was the Acadia Golden Bears and Guy Flaming. Oh, was there a soundbite for like a boo or something you could throw in there? Beat the Bears. <laughs> wow. Well, this is incredible what he did this year. 
to improve his team. Okay, let's look at the draft. And remember, he didn't pick before, I think it was number 19. I think number 19 was his first pick in the draft. He picked up Philip Tomasino, yep. Adam Beckman, who led, I think he led the WHL in scoring, uh, Shane Pinto, who had an incredible year in uh, the yep. NCAA, and Mad Sogard, who quietly had a, a really good year and really stole a ton of games. So, yeah. so four amazing picks from that draft. Um, let's take a look at uh, what he's done for draft picks. <laughs> wow. Forward. And that's the thing I noticed when I was doing my research, right? Like he has like thirds and seconds and, and you think, oh, it's those thirds or seconds, but he knows what to do with them. Stop trading them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he, he knows how to add those picks. He, you know what? He added, he made a lot of trades, but, and he made a lot of trades with draft picks, but he ended up with four more second round picks than he traded away. He mm-hmm. added three more third rounders. He added three more fourth rounders than he traded away. And on top of that, even for the late rounders, he added one more fifth and one more seventh. And then for players that are going to make impact, just uh, are, he, he added Brandon Tennant. Uh, so, you know, he did trade some uh, some pieces away, and some of them are, you know, fu- some future pieces, uh, of course, like uh, Ghost. He traded away uh, uh, Ghostberg or, and uh, Jake Otinger, going to be a good goalie. Um, had a sh- really really struggled his uh, his first year in the NCAA, but uh, but came back this year with a much stronger year. And I think this year he was in the minors, but he yeah he had a much stronger year. Uh, Gajevich, uh, Caleb Jones, good uh, young defenseman. Uh, Tucker Pullman, another. Well, not Tucker Pullman is not so young, but boy, he's good defensively. And uh, Jeremy Lausanne and uh, Jordan Eberle, who's a who was UFA, but uh, still, you know, picked it up this year. But um, but yeah, Acadia. Way to go, Guy. Well, <laughs> really that's well just it, right? If you can flip out some players, get some more picks, he, he seems to, to to do well with those picks, and uh, uh, good on him. Uh, I know that's kind of his bag. Like he lo- he loves the the prospect side of it, and and I and I now I understand why because I, I love it too. Like just following players now that you're in that rebuild mode, and so well, not that he's in rebuild, but like for for me, it's it's awesome, Mike. So yeah. I had a couple honorable mentions for these uh, most improved franchise, improving their franchises for the future. Uh, somehow Philadelphia again uh, picked up Cousins and uh, and uh, Palak and Kadri, and he has term on those two guys, uh, and didn't give up much. He gave up some some picks, a second, a third, two fourths, but uh, yeah, Seattle. I was really impressed with what Seattle did this year, moving moving forward. Um, you know, he picked up two firsts and they're quite significant. Actually, he picked up, uh, Brandon's first this year, which is going to be around the top 10 or so pick, which this year is going to be fantastic. And he picked up that elusive 2022 first round pick the year of the summit. He picked up Dublin's pick in 20 first in 2022, as well as Eli Tolvanen, Lawson Kraus and, and Jake Odinger, who we just talked about. He gave up a fair bit um, in in players that are 
good right now and, and still have some term, but he picked up a lot of future. He's doing that rebuild right, I think. Well, uh, and being an expansion team, right? Like, that's yeah. that's really his first year was like, it was almost like the Vegas kind of situation yeah. and, and just realizing that here's the best way to, to, to approach the, the future, right? So, and having that uh, Brady to Chuck there, uh, that's a pretty good piece, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, another one, Kansas City. We talked about him earlier. Vancouver Vipers. Really, I really like some of the moves he made. And he picked up an extra first. Pavel Zaka, Vetrano, uh, Maurice Sider, he picked in the draft last year. Some really nice picks there. So, um, yeah, and, uh, and the Montreal Millionaires as well. He uh, drafted Cole Caulfield 11th. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I let him get by me. <laughs> um, Jamison oh. Reese, another good one there. And uh, Logan Couture, he still still has another year on Logan Couture after this year. And Vatman, he picked up Latang as his fran- I'm sure he'll be his franchise p- player this year. He gave up uh, some really good talent, though, as well. Um, Arvidsson, Vetrano, uh, Soderberg, who... Could be a UF, could be somebody's uh, franchise player, but um, I think that's in uh, Calgary, and Calgary has a lot of options on franchise players this year. I think so. Anyways, yeah. So those were those were my teams, but uh, congratulations to all those. And you know, this is of course like we talked about; it's quite subjective. Um, well, wow. and, and I, I had think to... somebody improved might be completely opposite to how somebody else thinks they somebody else improved, right? Exactly, but then I look at the draft that you had, man. You had like some amazing first round picks there, you know, in terms of getting Dak and uh, you know Pod uh, Pod Colson, um, Spencer Knight. Uh, you did really well in that first round, so um, that's, that's I gave up. <laughs> I gave up a fair bit to do it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'd like to say, to but then, uh, thank you, but I gave up a lot to do that. <laughs> yeah, but you're, but you're, like I say, you're building, and and uh, sometimes like giving up some pieces to do that. That's that's the way to do it too. So, yeah, uh, for sure. All and right, Heskinen, man, Heskin is great. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm quite pretty excited about him. Yeah. I uh, now there were some teams here that made a lot of trades. Did, did did you uh did you notice any that uh that made it just way more than anybody else? I don't know if it's a record, but um so I, I put all of the the uh the trades into a Word doc just because it was easier for me to do research, and you can do it like a certain you you know control find right, and uh, so the most trades made, and I don't know if you want to even try to imagine or guess the the count. Well, you know the count because I told you, but uh, Dublin. I know, and and I get I get the the, the knock for being Trader Gary, but uh, I'm dubbing yeah, <laughs> I'm dubbing I'm dubbing Ryan turns uh turnstile Tory because <laughs> 45 freaking trades that's a lot, but I but he loves it and 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 uh, and he 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 made a run for it and and that's pretty cool like that he, was impressive what he what he was doing there making that run I was I was really impressed absolutely and you know and that's 45 separate trades. That's not 45 pieces moving over the air. No. That's 45 separate trades. <laughs> so I'm sure Mark has a special thank you for Dublin for, uh, for that extra work. Uh, honorable mention, though. Every, every third night. <laughs> well, honorable mention goes to the new guy. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Chris Steelhawks, 42 trades. Yeah. Yeah, and, it was close between them. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and third, I want to say third was me. 
but that was uh, that a lot of those trades were made at the very start of the year with with the the rebuilding part, like where I, I sent a lot of pieces like to to everybody. I made them all. I made all. I think I made the Canadian Conference that much better with with some of my trades there. So, uh, and I know um, I don't think Jeff will trade with me anymore because <laughs> the place he ends up trading to me ends up being better and uh, or, or or turning their careers around. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gary, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. We yeah, really appreciate it. A lot of fun, man, and thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks again to Gary Graves, GM of the Boston Colonials, and this has been Overtime. Thanks, Gary. Earlier we talked about the Seattle Crunch and the moves they've made to rebuild, and some great moves there, but... I'd like to also mention those Boston Colonials of yours, as well as the Hamilton Steelhawks. Both those teams sent out some pretty good players this year, but added a lot of pieces in return and, and are doing that rebuild right. So best of luck to both you and the Hamilton Steelhawks in that as well. And of course, best of luck to every SICHL GM. Uh, the playoffs are coming up soon, and we're looking forward to some great playoffs here. Uh, anybody that's not an SICHL GM, come on out, check out the SICHL.com. You'll find it is an incredible hockey league. And I know lots of us are missing that hockey right now otherwise. So long episode in the books. Thanks everybody for joining and we'll see you in the next one.